Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Kay, and we are brought to you by Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. Of course, 70 Colorado beers on tap, 100 Colorado distilled spirits, and Chef Taylor Creedon has that fantastic American Alpine Fair locally sourced rotate seasonally so it doesn't get stale it is just fabulous and I want you to go on down to tap 14 uh well for saturdays and sundays of course with college and the pros saturday sunday they have fantastic brunches and of course great food great drinks those 100 colorado distilled spirits are uh, a personal fave of mine so you can find them on on the web tap14.com that's 14 spelled out tap 14 Com. Joining me on the Broncos Blitz podcast today, John Mendoza. John Mendoza, a writer for MileHighSports.com. Welcome, John. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me again. Appreciate we it. We had you in on Monday to talk about the woes. Right. We're going to try to spin a little bit of positivity here because the schedule lightens up. The Broncos are back home again, of course, uh, against uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Let's talk about this matchup and the Broncos offense against the Bengals defense to start way you beat the Cincinnati Bengals is that you keep the ball out of their hands and you wear out their defense and I think the Broncos are going to do a wonderful job at that in terms of getting the running game going early. We've started to see over the past couple of weeks that Devontae Booker has really picked up steam in terms sure. of getting carries in the Broncos backfield. So now you've got three running backs in the Broncos backfield that can really carry the load. Uh, you've got Jamal Charles coming in to, to spare C.J. Anderson and then you've got Devontae Booker who you know they want to continue to get involved in the offense. I think this is a great opportunity for the Broncos to really run the ball, keep the ball out of Osweiler's hands, let Osweiler make the third down throws, Make let him make those throws that you know he can make, the athletic, down the field throws, maybe setting up a big play, but the run game is going to be specifically um, focused on in this matchup, and I think the Bengals are vulnerable against the run, and I think we'll see that today or uh, on and, Sunday when the Broncos suit up. And this is a Bengals team, too, that, let, let's face it, they're not a fantastic team by any means, and uh, Denver is struggling as well, too, but there's a lot of talent on this team, and, you know, I, we harped on it week after week after week who was the desperate team you know and it seems like they're both just not very desperate at all at this point they're just kind of flailing around but in particular when it comes to the Broncos offense do you want to see more of that run game a heavy dosage of it or do you want to kind of see Brock Osweiler kind of air it out against that Bengals secondary and 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 sway a little bit more towards a balance or maybe pass heavy I, right now, I want to see the running game. I want to see how the Broncos' offensive line can handle carrying the load in terms of run blocking. We know their specialty is not in pass blocking. They've displayed that just about all year. I believe that the specialty for this offensive line is in the running game. So if you can stick to what the team does best, you feed the Stars, you feed the C.J. Andersons, you feed the Jamal Charles, you use that offensive line to their specialty running the ball. Now, a couple of games down the road when Paxton Lynch is healthy, when if the Broncos are either eliminated from playoff contention or they need to start thinking about next season, to put it nicely. I believe we need to see Paxton Lynch air it out. Sure. That's when we can make the switch and see Paxton Lynch starting to show if he can be the franchise quarterback of the future. That's when I think Mike McCoy will start calling more pass-heavy um, game plans. We'll be able to show what Paxton Lynch can do. Uh, for right now, though, the Broncos need to emphasize that running game. Uh, we know what Brock Osweiler can do. We know the kind of quarterback that he's capable of being. We've seen it you know, the, this season. We've seen it a couple seasons ago when he was a starter for the team when Manning went down. We know what he can bring to the table. So with that said, it, it, gives no, it, it doesn't help the Broncos 
in this upcoming offseason. They know what they have in Osweiler. Until Lynch is healthy enough to lead the team, they need to focus on the running game to see which of the offensive linemen um, they plan on sticking around in the upcoming future. Well, and this Bengals defense is certainly a Bengals defense that is, one, banged up, but two, also a very weak against the run. Right. Uh, this is a Bengals defense that is in the bottom third when it comes to rush defense. And so that is a, an opportunity that you can take care of and, and possibly uh, take advantage of. Uh, talking about some of the uh, who are going to be banged up, Adam Jones, uh, uh, possibly some uh, uh, candidates that could be out. Drake or Patrick and uh, Darquiz Dennard is kind of going to be their base defense. And this is also, this kind of reminds me a little bit about the Dallas Cowboys game. Because the Dallas Cowboys game, the Cowboys were absolutely depleted at cornerback. I mean, they were just taking average Joes off the the practice squad just to fill a, a void there. So it is going to be interesting to see if they can start to run game early set up the play action, and then maybe hit them with some deep balls. So it is going to be interesting to see. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast presented by Tap 14. Be sure to jump over to Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, and, of course, on the website, spell out Tap 14 for me. Tap14.com. That's Tap14.com. Joined by John Mendoza of MileHighSports.com. Let's talk about Broncos defense against the Bengals offense, and this is where I think finally I can confidently say this should benefit Denver, and this should really sway the advantage towards them. Absolutely. On paper, the Broncos' defense has such an advantage here. The Cincinnati Bengals rank dead last in the NFL with only 274 yards a game. If the Broncos don't take advantage of this, now we sure. really have to start to question, is the coaching staff taking advantage of all of this talent that's on the defensive side of the ball? This is going to be such a great matchup for the Broncos. The Bengals don't run the ball well. Andy Dalton has struggled mightily this season. He's not the same kind of quarterback that we've seen lead the Bengals to consistent playoff appearances. Even with A.J. Green, one of the top five receivers in the NFL, we've seen his numbers kind of dip down a little bit, even a superstar like himself. This offense is, I believe, in a transition period. They just drafted Joe Mixon. You know, They're kind of changing the pace at running back a little bit, feeding him the ball more. They've had some injuries on the offensive side of the ball, particularly at wide receiver. They're kind of searching for that. At number two behind A.J. Green, Tyler Eifert, the star tight end for the Bengals. He's had uh, injuries throughout his whole career, but he'll be out this Sunday. So the Bengals will need to again lean on Tyler Croft at the tight end position. And that's been the Broncos' biggest weakness thus far is defending the tight end. So Broncos fans need to think they're lucky stars that Tyler Eifert will not be suiting up for this game. But then again, it presents another challenge. The Philadelphia Eagles were without their star tight end, Zach Ertz, and yet the Broncos still got burned by their sure. backup tight ends. So it's going to be interesting to see if this defense can adjust to stopping any tight end, let alone a superstar tight end. Uh, we're going to see a great one-on-one matchup with A.J. Green and Aqib Tlaib. That should be fun to watch. Well, and, and this is an offense from the Bengals that, yes, they do have some certain stars elsewhere, but it's not like they're being spread out real wide. It's not like they're facing a Kansas City where there's a Kelsey and there's a Hill and you know all of a sudden of course Hunt has just been absolutely phenomenal for them this year. They have AJ Green and then it takes a really drastic dip down low. I mean you you talk about some guys who are really not household names, you know, outside of AJ Green and and uh, uh Eifer who of course will be out. Croft is certainly a guy that they're going to have to watch, but Andy Dalton has just been I I I have always been on the train against Andy Dalton because I just don't he just doesn't seem to make the big time play that that can really propel an offense from a, a average to good to a great offense. You know, I've never considered him a franchise quarterback. I mean, he just he he doesn't have a huge completion percentage. 
he's given pretty decent tools throughout the years, and yet it just seems like the the Bengals overall as a whole have underachieved completely. So I, I agree. This should be a game where getting to the quarterback, they have got to do that. Of course, the Bengals let go of their fantastic uh, tackle Whitworth in the offseason and certainly should be vulnerable to the pass. So this is a this is a get right game. This is a get right game for the defense because if they can't attack a team like the Bengals, who, you know, again, the the Bengals are struggling just as much as the Broncos are, then you're talking about massive worries. You are at home right. and you are trying to snap this skid. And again, there there's something to be said about the the bunch of road games against good competition. KC, Philly, those are good teams. Home to New England is a tough game. I know it's a home game, but New England's a very, very good team. This is now home to a bad team. There is no excuse to lose this game. Absolutely none. And, and this is a game Denver's got to get. Oh, absolutely. Uh, getting to the quarterback will be, I don't want to say easy, but it should be less of a challenge than it has been in the weeks past. You, you face against Carson Wentz and Tom Brady. Those have been the previous two quarterbacks the Broncos have had who have not only great offensive lines, but both those quarterbacks are in the MVP running right now. Andy Dalton is cer- certainly struggling in this season around. He's already thrown eight interceptions, and he threw eight interceptions all of last year. So not only is this a good opportunity for the Broncos to really display their pass rush, but we are we finally going to see some turnovers forced on the defensive side of the ball? That's been such a huge problem for the Broncos this season is that their turnover margin yeah. has been in the bottom three in the NFL, I think, since week two, since that Cowboys I believe, game. I believe it was Adam Gotsis in the locker room this week talked about how they just— they don't seem to be getting that one play, that big spark play where they're forcing a turnover or a defensive score, you know, and I, I would love to see them really kind of get back to that. And, and because Denver's defense really thrives on that. And a big part of that, too, has the fact that they're always behind when they're on the field. I mean, w- when the Broncos defense is on the field this year, since I believe it was the Oakland game, they have only been on the field with the lead teeing off on the quarterback once. Right. And that was 3 nothing against the Eagles after the opening drive from the Broncos. So it's like they're they're never in that opportunity to take advantage of their true secret weapons, which is kind of teeing off on that quarterback, getting Von Miller involved to where the opponent is forced to throw, sitting back there for three-plus seconds, and then you can get to him. Absolutely. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the special teams because they were awful. Awful, awful, awful. They've really been awful this whole year, but in particular against New England. What, of course, they made the change to Jordan Taylor. Finally. Simply to catch the ball if he makes a play great, but I'm just looking for the guy to just put his hand up, signal fair catch, and just catch the ball at this point. But what are you looking for in particular from Brock Olivo to try to get these guys motivated to just simply play better is it more on a level or is it more just simply players executing better because is it really on Brock Olivo when you can't catch the ball? No, absolutely not. I think it's a huge combination. As with all three phases of the Broncos this offseason, it's a combination of players and coaches, which is ultimately going to come back to the coaching staff for not having his players sure. focused. I think it's a, it's a double-edged sword here. Yes, McKenzie with five fumbles, that's on him. You learn to catch the ball in high school football, and this is a professional athlete that was drafted to be the Broncos punt returner. Yeah, I mean, how many, five how many different punts. ways are there to catch the ball? You exactly. know, with all due respect to McKenzie, it's a very difficult position physically, mentally as well, too. But you have to catch the ball if you want to keep your job. Right. and then But then it's up to the coaches to say, hey, maybe you know what? You, ha- you had that fumble. You, why don't you sit this one out for the rest of the game? Why don't we keep you inactive? Let's focus on the fundamentals and practice before we roll you out against the New England Patriots. 
that's on the coaching staff for not making yeah. that change sooner or quicker. Um, having Jordan Taylor back there, Sunshine, one of my favorite players on the Broncos roster. I think he'll do well in the position. I'm not sure if he has a play, big playmaking ability that McKenzie does, but he'll catch the ball. He'll, he'll, he won't commit the turnovers. The guy catches everything. Oh, absolutely. He's one of the tallest people on the field. So it's going to be uh, not an upgrade at the position in terms of making the big playability or swinging the pump. Uh, so swinging the field, but he'll make the play that won't absolutely put the defense in a poor position. But again, the de- the defense is so good to the point where field position is going to be a matter in this game, right. and just catching the ball, it has so much value. Right, like you don't turn the ball over. What a concept, you no, know? Not let it, giving up a kick return that puts you down. Suddenly, you know, a three nothing game can become a seven three game, and the points pour on from there. Uh, that's what I'm looking for from this special teams. Don't yeah. let the opponent. Don't, let's let the defense beat the offense. Don't let the special teams of the Bengals beat the Broncos sure. special teams because then the defense doesn't get a chance to shine. The offense has to play from behind, and as evidenced in the last two games, it's a recipe for disaster. He's got great hair too. <laughs> Absolutely. Another guy who's got great hair who is going to be facing his former team, Demata Pekka. Right. One of my favorite the, offseason acquisitions. A little, little bit of a, I, I was going to get to that, is he one of the best offseason acquisitions for this team? But also, there's got to be a little bit of that extra motivation for him this week, is knowing that the Bengals move on from him, they thought he was too old, they thought he couldn't play, he's proving I'm wrong. Oh, absolutely. He's had an outstanding season. His stats may not show it, and most nose tackles, they don't get the 60-50. It's in the run defense. It's all there. Plugging up blockers, feeding double teams, freeing up your linebackers, and Pecco has done that Mm. all offseason. I think he came to the Broncos from the Bengals with the mentality of, this is a playoff team who struggled in run defense last year, and I can fill that void, and that's what's going to get the Broncos to the playoffs. That hasn't (laughs) obviously been the the story for the 2017 season, but looking at the Bengals, they're not doing so hot either. I think Pecco's going to go out there and prove to the Bengals he can still play. He's going to make a handful of plays, as he does every week. And even if it's not shown on the ESPN highlights, you see it time and time again. Turn on the film. He's taking up those key blocks, and that's freeing up those guys like Marshall, like Davis, Miller from the outside, you know, Wolf and Gotsis on the other end. Absolutely. Those are the guys making the big plays, and it's all due to Pecco. He's absolutely proving the Bengals wrong. He's been a wonderful offseason addition for the Broncos. And I think he's going to come show that this Sunday. I, I, I truly believe he is the best acquisition for this Denver team in the offseason. I, off I would agree. I mean, there, there, there were some good ones, but boy, he shored up. And just himself, too. He shored up with the emergence also of Adam Godsis as well, too, in, in progression. Don't want to discredit him. But boy, he really plugged up a a Denver defense against the run that I thought was going to be a multi-year project. And it's not that they're absolutely elite by any means, but they're at least serviceable middle of the road can stop good talent. I mean, we, we, of course that stat was thrown around for the first four games against those four premier running backs. I believe it was like 50 rushes for like a hundred yards for, for a 2.0 average. Like that is awful. If you're a premier talent like a Melvin Gordon and Ezekiel Elliott, you know, and so on and so forth. So certainly a great uh, upgrade there. We are presented, of course, by Tap 14. It is the Broncos Blitz podcast. He is John Mendoza, MileHighSports.com. Let's talk about some of the things that you're writing because you got a lot of stuff going on. Let's first talk about these quarterbacks 
that you've been writing about and how they compare, I guess, to other teams. Is that what you're doing? Yeah, I have an article posted later on today about where the Broncos quarterback situation ranks against others in the NFL. And it's not pretty. Uh, the Broncos quarterback situation, statistically speaking, I'm, I'm not even turning on the game film. I'm looking straight at the stats. Numbers don't lie. They are a bottom five team in terms of passing yards no and just to be the quarterback play in general. Yes, they made the switch. And I think the switch has been really good for the team in that Osweiler can make the throws that Simeon can't. Sure. You saw that last week against New England. I think Osweiler is, to his credit, an upgrade over Trevor Simeon. I'm excited to see what Paxton Lynch can show when the Broncos uh, choose to display him when he's healthy enough. But at the same token, what Bronco fans sometimes forget about is that Lynch couldn't win the job in training camp. He had every opportunity to do so in camp in the preseason, yeah. and he couldn't beat out, beat out Trevor Simeon, who was just benched for Brock Osweiler. So the quarterback situation isn't pretty. We look at the NFL in terms of who, who has a franchise quarterback. The 2018 uh, free agent pool for quarterbacks is going to be so incredibly deep. We yeah. can see a lot of movement Much around the NFL. Much deeper than previous years, yes. Absolutely. There's going to be a lot of quarterbacks who, like always— are above average and get paid like elite yeah. quarterbacks, but we could also see some elite names get dropped there. So anybody, looking forward... Anybody who's followed my work knows that I am all aboard the Captain Kirk Cousins train, man. I'll join you on that one. <laughs> Kirk Cousins all the way. I'm, I'm ready. Yeah. So, uh, Also, you're writing about tight ends. Absolutely, yep. Uh, article posted on milehighsports.com this Monday about how the Broncos have really mishandled the tight end position since releasing Owen Daniels back at the end of the Super Bowl run. Um, the Broncos, I believe, they have fallen in love with their old talent. What I mean by that is that they've hold they've held on to guys like Virgil Green. They drafted a guy Jeff Hireman, and then they brought in AJ Derby. Mm-hmm. And I believe that they are convinced that the trio of tight ends there can get the job done. And we have not seen that. We didn't see it last year. Derby showed some potential, especially in the early season. He made that incredible one-handed catch. Not any, not every tight end in the league can make that catch. Sure. But at the same token, one I think, play in eight games. Oh uh, yeah, nine games. Yeah. You know. By no means. My, my thought is, if the Broncos released any of these guys. Would anyone claim them on waivers? And I think the answer is no. I think the Broncos have got it in their minds that these guys can get the job done. I don't think they've displayed that this season. And the straw that broke the camel's back was when Martellus Bennett was released from the Packers and the Broncos didn't even look at him. The Patriots got him. And look what happened. Very first play from scrimmage. Martellus Bennett right down the field. I think the Broncos need to address the tight end position in this upcoming offseason. I'm not sure that the three of these guys are getting it done. Thank you so much, John. Appreciate it. Of course, uh, you can follow your work. Where are you on Twitter? At John underscore Mendoza 27. All right. John Mendoza, milehighsports.com. Of course, you can find all his work there. Final score. Final Who score wins? prediction. Uh, I'm going 24-14 Broncos, and I think the defense gets a pick six or a fumble return for a touchdown. Calling it. All right, very good. He has called his shot. And, of course, we are uh, always presented by Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, where you can go on down there, and, man, they've got some fantastic work over there. Chef Taylor Creedon in that American Alpine Fair, locally sourced, rotates seasonally. It is just terrific. Go on over there, not only during the week, but Saturdays and Sundays, too, because, of course, they got that college football on, and then the NFL, of course, Saturday and Sundays, they got great brunch as well, too. You can find them on the web, tap14.com. That's the 70 Colorado beers on tap. You can't even sample enough there, the 70 fantastic beers that they have on tap. Of course, here in Colorado, we are blessed with the ability to have so many great breweries around the area and uh, 70 Colorado beers on tap, 100 Colorado distilled spirits. That is Tap 14. Be sure to find them on the web, tap14.com. That's tap14.com.
Com. Thank you so much, John. Of course, Appreciate thanks it. for having me. Of course, if you want to check out any archived podcast of the Broncos Blitz podcast, be sure to check us out on the web, milehighsports.com. That's milehighsports.com. Yeah.